What's going on, nerds? This is Mike. This is Bill. And this is the Comic Zone. We have Ted Hess with us today. What's going on, my friend? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the... Well, hello. The there. show. Um, <laughs> you threw me off there. Um, That's the best General Obi-Wan. Kenobi. So we'll talk about some Obi-Wan, some Star Wars, what we thought about the show. Um, just first off, before we get into our first segment, what do you guys think about just your first one out of ten? What do you got for the show, Ted? I give it about a seven. Like, I enjoyed it, but it didn't quite hit home for me. I'd agree. Yeah, I'd say a seven. Seven. Seven and a half, maybe. Yeah, I was like six or seven, maybe. Um, there were things about the show that bothered me quite a bit i think uh there were things that happened that didn't need to happen for the show to continue or to even tell that same story yeah it could have been told differently um with without including a couple things that i'll get into once we uh get into our dive a little full, yeah our full discussion about the show but i was interested to see what you guys thought and it's interesting that we're all kind of on the same page uh as far as uh, well, how we felt the show was going, and it kind of seems like all these movies and stuff—not just Star Wars, but Marvel, um, and all that—it's all seeming like it's kind of right there in the middle. It's like uh, it's it's okay. Yeah, I think there's as much as they're cranking out. I kind of wonder if we're losing quality. Yeah, but I. Don't, or maybe we're just so spoiled too. I think there's a little bit of both. Yeah. Well, I think. Sorry, go ahead. Probably a bit of Disney Plan stuff, a little safe too. Like, yeah. I after with watching Thor and Love and Thunder, that's my. Well, we have don't, to say don't that. Don't ruin that. I'm not. Yeah, we haven't. Tonight. Neither of you have seen it yet, but um, yeah. Yeah. So. By the time this comes out, we'll have seen it, and we're gonna have to do an episode about that. Maybe. Um, we got so many episodes coming up, though. Speaking of that. Um, we set up a ton of episodes uh, upcoming with different people, different interesting people at the Comic-Con. Yeah, Comic-Con was great. Uh, yeah, it was far and away a way better experience than I expected, especially from Casper. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody that I talked to there, and we talked to a lot of people, um said that it was a scaled down but just as rich version of a bigger con which was really cool to hear kind of surprising and i feel lucky because i went to the one that really like kind of blew up so there were three others before this and he said i heard later on that the first one had a bigger turnout is the only other one that came close so i think that would be like the second highest turnout yeah so he was very happy. Uh, the first turnout would be because of, like, just uh, yeah, just because yeah, people are like, oh shit, a Comic Con, like it's kind of a, uh, what do you call it? Um, 
novelty. Yes, new thank and, you. New that, was and the novel. word, that was the word I was Bright looking for. And sparkly. Yeah, it was a novelty, and then people went, oh, this is, isn't maybe as cool as we hoped, mm-hmm. and didn't come out for the next couple of years. But there's kind of a saying in like, show business and people that like do festivals and stuff. It's like, yeah, going one year and doing really well the first year is all great and dandy, but it's the next year. If you can do it again and you can do it bigger or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like where um, where you really find out if you're succeeding or not. Because like you said, novelty. If it's something new and flashy and everybody's like, oh, wow, cool. We don't have to go to Denver. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. So it's time for some check this shit out. Yeah. And so each week we try to bring cool things that are happening that we think you should check this shit out. Now, this is a little bit uh, glorious self-promotion. And uh, I'm going to bring in this whiskey to cheers this special occasion. Yeah. The Comic Zone podcast has surpassed 3,000 downloads. Whee! It is a small mile marker, but it is still important. So all of you who've listened, have ever listened, thank you for being part of this community absolutely we love every single person that takes time to check out the comic zone join us in our crazy rants and hopefully watch us evolve into hopefully something better that you enjoy more and more each time mm-hmm. you check out the show so what we have here is some Hud- hudson whiskey new york bright lights big bourbon uh, Love so bourbon. I've never tried this one before, so it's going to be, I think, new for all of us, right? Ted, you've never had this one, have you? Nope. Um, and you're, you, he's a you, scotch guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more scotch. Like, I like bourbon, uh, but I've only had a few that I really, really love. So, yeah. So we'll see about this. This was on the bargain bin, bin um, or value because I'm cheap uh, or frugal. But uh, Bright Lights Big Bourbon comes from a Gary Clark Jr. song called Bright Lights Big City. Where he wakes up in New York City. Okay. So that's why I bought it because of that song. I don't know if this is going to be any good or not. So if you think this is piss, I'm not going to be offended. <laughs> that's good it, to know. It'll get you drunk. Yeah. So far, it smells like just about any other bourbon. It smells nice. It's not bad. Whoops. Let me just. Oh, hold on. Wait. Cheers. Salute. That's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty pretty mellow. It's a little more stout than like the stuff I brought that reserve. Mm-hmm. But I doubt that's like an aged one, right? <clears throat> All of them are usually aged, otherwise they're not. Or it's not a bourbon, right? But I wonder how long. Oh, you had a bourbon. Yeah, that was a special one. I don't know what this one is. And usually bourbons technically have to be from Kentucky, just like scotch have to be from Scotland. Mhm. Um Ted knows a lot about that. So, is he is he on? Nope. No. Mm-mm. So, correct course. Oh, I have no idea on bourbon. Like I know that. Oh, what do you I mean? All, I think all bourbon is American, <coughs> but I don't know if it's a regional. A Maybe regional it started out in rules Ken- or anything like that. Maybe it started out in Kentucky. And, and tequila is the same way. Tequila has to be from Mexico, otherwise it's an agave spirit. Right. Uh, doesn't it come from a, there's a similar thing to tequila. What's it called? Mezcal? 
maybe. Yeah, that's it. It comes from another cactus or whatever. Yeah, it's, a, it's a different kind of agave, I think. I've had I a hear to try it's it. not good. And then it has a worm in it. Oh, that, I thought that was tequila. No, it's mezcal. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, it's a different plant, and I think it's uh, instead Dude, of it's coming it's back. Also smokier. It's it's starting to become kind of popular again. I think some of the more kind of like boutique kind of liquor stores or whatever or, or distilleries have been are making it. Having the worm. What was the point I don't know of about the worm? worm? I'm just talking about the mezcal period. I'm not sure if the worm has carried on to that tradition, but I wonder what the, I'm going to look up. What the worm was for? Just to be nasty. Yeah, just to be pretty. Maybe. Well, we're going to find out. Yeah, I've never had it, though. I'd like to try it. To eat the worm? I want to eat the worm. My stepbrother bought me one that had the worm in it just to be, because he was just a honor shit like that. It's like, here. You know, it was like, you're not 21 yet. You're sending me with a bunch of money to go to the liquor store, and he brought me back a little shooter with the worm in it. Okay. (laughs) The legend of the... Okay, you ready? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Legend of the Worm started in the 1950s when a Mexican mezcal maker discovered a moth larvae in a batch of mezcal. This mezcal maker thought the worm's present actually improved its taste. He placed a worm in each bottle as a marketing strategy. Over time, other manufacturers followed suit. So yeah, it's just for show. Yeah, it's not a feature. It's a bug, or it's not a bug. It's a feature. Well, he it says that he thought it improved the flavor, though. I mean, I wonder if that's bullshit or not. Yeah, but I'm then gonna... it mentioned the marketing right there afterwards. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, gonna, all I'm the other people were doing it. Maybe they're like, yeah, that's bullshit. I want the we vegan mezcal without the worm, please. Was, mm-hmm. But dude, if you you got to think like when we were growing up, uh, if you thought about wi- uh, tequila or mezcal, apparently. You would think of the worm in the bottle. Do you remember? Um, I think it was in Poltergeist. Like there was one scene where the dad was just like dr- drinking and just guzzling because he was like in a shit mood or whatever. And also at the same time, like the demons came in and possessed him. Mm-hmm. And there was a, I'm pretty sure there was like a worm in the bottom of the bottle. I, don't know, I could be inventing that. I, that's very eh, possible, maybe. but I'm sticking to it. <laughs> if it didn't happen, it happened just right now. It's my story, not that yeah. story. I wonder what the worm... It would just taste like liquor. Yeah, I would imagine. It wouldn't true. taste yeah, like no. anything, I bet. Yeah, I don't think there'd be any flavor left in the worm at all. It'd be more of a, if texture. you're a texture person, don't go for that. Yeah, depending on uh, how fat the worm was, if it's like a grub. Well, yeah, but it's going to shrivel in that alcohol anyway. It's just going to be like a leathery bit of nastiness. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of like a rite of passage, I guess, to eat the worm, right? Puts hair on your chest. Just like a, like what you were saying earlier, a novelty. Mm. One thing to do to somebody, I guess. Yeah. I'll take a pass. So, uh, moving on. Uh, like we were a uh, little shameless self-promotion uh, on this segment of Check This Shit Out. We're going to talk about... Uh, like we were talking about, uh, with the Comic-Con and how we, that episode is out now. This is our first episode since, uh, recording wise, since we were at Comic-Con. Um, and that was just a really amazing time. Don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, it's like we've said, it's surpassed our expectations. Yes. Getting to meet and kind of collaborate with people on a real level beyond this yeah, social think, f- facade of 
reality, I, the social media facade. Yeah, I almost wonder if we had a different experience. Absolutely, and I think that's than why everybody else there. I think listening to it would show that. I think you would ex- by listening to the show, you would experiencing you would, will experience the show at a different level. Yeah, so check that episode out. It's really, really, we're really proud of that one. I think it's our milestone episode at this point. I love what we did with it, and you know, I'm hoping we're looking for more opportunities for things like that. Yeah, just um, and somebody was telling me that listen to it, they're like, you guys got to do more live shit. Like, you you got to get into more events. Mm-hmm. So, and I've heard that from quite a few people. So, well, it's um, just great because everybody's in one spot, and especially when it's Comic Con, it's all like-minded people. Like every person there and is part of of what we're doing. And to some degree or not, you know, some are hawking their romantic, you know, smut novels, but no judgment. But yeah, whatever. I collect Red Sonia. I can't judge, you know. <laughs> I love that's. I actually like Vampirilla. She's my favorite. Yeah. There was actually a really decent run that they did. It was Purgatory versus Vampirilla. I think I remember seeing that, yeah. It was like a six-issue run. It was really good, actually. I liked it a lot. But on top of that, check out that uh, check out that Comic-Con episode. I hope I really hope everybody enjoys that. We also um, just released our very first side spin-off yeah, show. Yep, so the first episode of Dragon D's Balls with me and Vince Moreno is out now um as we listen or as as this one drops that first episode of that will be out go check that out we take an in-depth look in-depth look at these balls and dragon ball z now turn your head to the left and cough (laughs) what uh ted's getting brushed up on some dragon ball super right now he wants to get on the later episodes dragon ball z and dragon ball super so maybe we'll have you on there quite yeah, a few times yeah I'm, i might have gone through all of super in like 10 days it's amazing isn't it yeah it was, it was good I is it the it first lot. time you ever watched it or i watched like the first like 70 or so episodes um back when it was subtitles only but i restarted and, yeah, and he fell off like one. at the wrong time like oh, right yeah. before it gets super good yeah and, like i watched the entire tournament of power in like two days yeah the tournament of power i think as much as i love dragon ball z I think the Tournament of Power is like the best um, saga of the entire series. Yeah, overall, I'd I'd put it up there, but I still like the Cell Saga a little more. I think. Uh, you, well, yeah, there's some amazing shit that happens there too. Yeah, back when Gohan was still a badass. Well, he is now, and that's another piece of news um, coming soon. I. Don't you don't yeah, have the Dragon Ball Z movie? Yeah, Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Just saw for it at, uh, during Thor and Love and Thunder, or the trailer for it. And Gohan reaches a new level of strength in that movie, along with Piccolo. So, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, hold on, let me see when that comes out. Dragon Ball. And while you're looking at it, I want to kind of reflect on this whiskey a little bit, as far as my review. As far as a bourbon drinker, mm-hmm. it's very neutral in a bad way. I don't think there's any it's very just mellow there's not really much depth to it yeah i mean it's very you don't get it you know like a a good scotch uh, like johnny walker has that everlasting finish is kind of what it's known for Mm -hmm. so you want a little bit of kind of kind of burn finish and this doesn't 
It, it to me, it tastes like a whiskey for a non-whiskey drinker. Well, yeah, like you said, it was bargain bin, bargain shelf whiskey, dude. I mean, Which it's still like 30, for a 30, cheap whiskey, thirty-five dollars. It's for, drinkable. Yeah, for a cheap whiskey, right. I could sit and sip on this. Yeah, it's it's not bad at all. Like I, I would agree that it's pretty neutral, though. It's not really trying to mm. forge any new frontiers of any kind. Maybe it's like meant for mixing, though. It probably yeah, at, at thirty-five. It's a little high for a mixer. Yeah. Like if I was looking for something to mix, I'd be trying to stick below like the twenty-five dollar mark. It's probably 40, forty-two at full price. Because anything above that should be able to stand on its own. Yeah. That's kind of my my point. It's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, Fair same enough. thing with like, like my I always say about brisket. Like, if you make a brisket and you need <coughs> sauce, you messed up. Like, same thing with the whiskey. Like, if you need something to go with it, you put shouldn't have paid that much. Fair enough. So, and like like you said, this one's perfectly drinkable. How much was this one? Which is very neutral. I think it was around thirty five. I think thirty. Oh 40, yeah, that's forty two. Not... Forty two was probably a full price. Okay, well that but that that reserve shit I get. Uh, the Woodford Reserve is forty-five. Really, for any good whiskey or bourbon, you're gonna be looking at forty right. bucks. I can get a little more. Um, I did get my name on the list for some. Uh, oh crap! I'm not gonna remember it. But there's this bourbon that has a uh, horse on the top of the stopper. Um, I want to keep saying Pendleton, but no, not Pendleton. I know what you're talking about. It's really famous the from the Kentucky Derby. I, I'm on the wait list for it, so fingers crossed they they pull my name for it. Nice. So the date on that movie is August nineteenth. Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Um, and like I said, Gohan I think finally reaches his hidden potential, um, which is a slow, slow burn on that. So I it's think pretty slow exciting. Burn is understatement yeah. of the year. Yeah. So Te- that's kind tectonic. of the tonic. That's kind of the beauty of the show is like a lot of storylines take a long time to be hashed out. Um. So yeah, check out our episode of Dragon D's Balls with me and Vince. I think you guys will like it. We just sit around and fuck around and have a really good time. Bullshit. So please enjoy that as well. And if you've heard Vince on our other podcast, he's actually been kind of restrained compared to what, what he's... <laughs> yeah, when we're hanging out. Because we know him from our, our game night debauchery parties, which we yeah. just get drunk and like play Uno. But uh, on the second episode, we really kind of cut loose. I can't wait to release that one because we've recorded that. Um, but that will be released. The dog just farted and just burned my nostrils out. <clears throat> Woo, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> sure you don't want to crack that window? Oh, no, dude. My goodness. <laughs> but Hallelujah. Uh, yeah. Are we still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. I just marked it. <laughs> so it made the dog leave. It was so bad. Uh, we were also talking a little bit earlier about uh, right now the beta for Overwatch 2 is running Um, so a lot of people have had a chance to play it you've had a chance to play it Ted yeah what what do you think I played the original beta a bit more Um, this last one I only played for like an hour and a half just kind of check out the new character Mm -hmm. that's the Junker Queen and she's a tank somehow. Like, I'm not very good with her yet, but mm-hmm. she's not bad. Like, her toolkit's pretty cool. So it'll be interesting to see. She'd be good in, like, a a more, like, divey comp running, like, Tracer and Lucio. So this is, like, a first-person shooter-style game. I, I've no, I know yeah. nothing about it. Uh, Ted would be better at explaining it, so you go ahead. So 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a shooter, but it's a hero-based shooter. Mm-hmm. So the big thing with that is um, each character is unique. Like, they do all kinds of different things. Um, some of them are designed to be, like, upfront tanks and, like, keeping the enemy team's attention. Other ones are there to deal damage and finish people off, and then you have support, which are, like, healers and have special abilities to help save the team. So do you play with one character or multiple? Um, you can play, well, you play one character at a time. Um, so the original Overwatch was 6v6, and in the beginning, it was wide open. You could play multiples of the same character. You didn't have to have any of any, any amount of any of the roles. And then eventually they shifted it to where you need two tanks, two healers, and two damage. And they limit it so you can only have one of each character in the game at a time on a team. So like you can play a mirrored team, but on your team, you're only allowed to have one of each. So with Overwatch 2, they're shifting it to 5v5, though, and they're dropping a tank, which is the little bit that I've played makes it a lot more interesting, in my opinion. Yeah. You don't have, like, the heavy hitters, as many heavy hitters to kind of blow. Uh, I'm assuming a tank is a... Right, yeah. Well, the the big thing is, like, the double barrier thing was terrible. Like, uh, several of the tanks have a barrier, and then you just spend the whole time shooting in a wall of energy instead of actually playing the game, so... Dropping that down has made a big difference in the gameplay. The game, <clears throat> the first game, when did it come out? It's 2016? Uh, maybe? I don't remember yeah, exactly. So when it came out, this game has evolved, the first one. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those games that they, they're constantly um, adding new characters, so that like changes the balance of the game, so they have to make sure to be constantly... Uh, monitoring and changing sp- uh, specs on characters. So it's a very stat-based game. Mm-hmm. If uh, I mean, kind of, sort of. Like, you, you don't get to manipulate stats. No, you don't manipulate way, the but... stats, but it's everything is balanced, or it, hopefully. And there have been times where it's not. Like, you can they break a character sometimes, uh, change one of their abilities, and it'll... Completely just make the game bullshit for a little while until they, like, do something else. Or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've done that with Soldier but so, a little bit. So basically what you're trying to do in these 5v5 or 6v6 uh, matches is the they are objective-based. You're not just trying to kill each other. You're uh, playing Capture the Flag. Or you're playing, uh, what is it called, Domination? Or no, dom- no so they, not domination. There's, there's the like, a few main game modes for the original. So you had right. the escort style, where you're just escorting a cart from the beginning. And then the other team's trying to stop you. Right. And then you had uh, essentially what is like a stationary King of the Hill. Right. Where you just have one capture point in the middle, and teams you know battle it out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to do it two out of three times to take the game. And there's several different iterations of that map set. And then you have the the other game mode where the attacking team has to capture a point and then escort a cart. And then they introduced a new game mode for Overwatch 2, which is... Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but you basically have a giant robot that's pushing a wall, and you're pushing it towards your opponent's side of the map. And then they're trying to push that same robot towards your side. So it's basically a moving moving capture point uh, so like a to. double uh, almost like a take control whoever has control of the payload 
Right. Yeah. Kind of, sort of, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's fun. And the maps lend themselves really well to it. Like the, the robot that you're pushing kind of zigzags through the map and that keeps like your run back times really short. So you're pretty fast back into combat. And the closer you get to getting your goal, the harder it gets because you're closer to the enemy spawn point. So nice. It's pretty cool game mode. I like it. Yeah, if you haven't played Overwatch, which I would find surprising um, if you play any type of video games or shooters, but if you haven't, it's worth checking out. That's me. It is a lot different than most shooters. <clears throat> they had paladins out there. See, they just da- I was able to download um, the original Doom. was available on Xbox One uh, Game Pass. And that'd be a tough playthrough. It was the original. The original. That'd be a yeah. That's pretty dated. It might be fun. I I was actually really big on like Wolfenstein. Yeah, that was at that time. I played a lot of Wolf 3D. Um, I didn't have like the. I only had like the first couple free discs. You know what I mean? The free versions because that's the way they did those. Was yeah, you had to pay for? You got the first level free, and then you. It was no. It was like a few levels. It was like the first quarter of the game. Mm -hmm. And then you had to like that, and that was pretty genius. To release that game that way, like especially for the time, like release part of the game for free, and then you can buy the rest of it. Yeah, and it was pe- it was it was groundbreaking. It wasn't just genius. Well, yeah, beyond, exactly. You know? Yeah, I mean that's why it's genius. Is it, I mean anything that's genius is groundbreaking, right? No, no. You can have a genius idea that talk about Nikola Tesla. He was a genius. His ideas didn't. Make were could have been groundbreaking, weren't but weren't. What do you mean, Nicole? Uh, he was well. He tried to make free energy. Oh yeah, well the wireless and, energy thing. And, and he has a lot of. He is a founder for a lot of modern science, but he never got the. I think he was ahead of his notar- time. Well, he also went kind of kind of crazy communist and got himself blacklisted in a lot of ways in times when you could be yeah very blacklisted. Well, he wanted to do that wireless energy thing. You remember that? No, it was before my time, but yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I it sounded yeah, like you knew some shit about, about him. No, but yeah, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. The, yeah, he was trying to, to free energy. Yeah. I mean, I've seen like you a know couple of history we... documentaries. I'm by no means an expert, you know. I'm just a, I'm a, a armchair, you know, warrior for sure on that one. Yeah. Or whatever the. You know, what's funny is we do have access to almost unlimited energy right now, but we refuse to use it. Can't make money on it. Well, you could. Me and Ted had this conversation last night. If we went full nuclear, and they have okay, and like here's the thing: is like I listened to a podcast earlier last week, um, and this guy was talking about that all the experts on nuclear fission and power plants and stuff. Talk about like those disasters like Chernobyl and uh, what was the other one? Three Mile Island? Uh, no. Fukushima. Fuku- yeah. So Three Mile was in the was in the United States, but not as bad th- as those. Those old two. those old disasters, um, which by the way, there are zero deaths attributed to. Um Mm-mm. yeah, yeah. Not not like not are you talking like direct or fallout? Because I kind of asked you. That's what we were talking night. about last night. Like no human deaths other than one, 
that some dude got lung cancer, and but they can't hundreds, really. Hundreds died at um, Chernobyl. No. Yeah. No. Just because just because the government didn't report it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Okay. If you, anyway, no, that's, that's, that's not the point. No, so, that's yeah, the, we're here trying to talk about Obi Wan Kenobi, that's, so that's not we the do point. not need to go into nuclear fusion. No, we, fission we're fine. Yet. We're fine. You know, the point is, how mu- the question is, that, is how much fusion do you need to get so we can get an actual lightsaber that can hold in the palm of our hands? Okay, here's the point. The point is that those old fact, those old um, power plants were basically like comparing a 1950s car to a Tesla. Like for so, what they can design now with all the backup systems and safeguards. And you can even make these things and encase them fully to where even if there is some kind of accident, that they are fully encased and they are not able to cause all that crazy fallout and fuck up the environment. But that is... And emissions on that, if we really want to lower our carbon footprint on the planet, we go to nuclear and stop making carbon. It needs to be all of the above. Everything, every advantage, every process has its advantage and disadvantage. Uh, and I think, you know, being objective about it. It's like clean and unlimited energy. It's something we need to do. The yeah. powers will be will never let it happen because they're making we'll see, money off we'll of it. We'll see with this Russia thing because there's a lot of countries that are dependent on Russia, but there are also a lot of countries are working to shut down nuclear power plants it's maybe not a bad thing because they're older old designs and we need to make new ones that are modern and safer and able to put out more energy and it's like 10 years or something that like one of those it's lifetime and like i said they can like encase those things fully and then if there is an issue like those all the backup systems fail then it's still encased in fully in concrete and can't uh, cause any damage to the environment. I got to check out our fallout bunker at the K2 transmitter the other day. Did you? Yeah, we have a bunker. And I know the keys. Really? So fuck y'all. What do the keys do? The keys. To get inside. Oh. oh. I thought you were going to launch. We like should throw a Comic zone. zone party in there. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of RF en- energy in there. I don't know if it's really a really cool place to hang out. Oh. Okay. Rattlesnakes. Anyway, let's talk about Star Wars and Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi. So I got to say, as far as Obi-Wan Kenobi and the character, it's pretty amazing that that character has survived since the very beginning in the 1970s movie where he was killed off in the very first movie. Yep. In the 1970s movie, he died. His purpose of the movie was to die, like Bambi's mom. Yet... He has been reborn and revitalized every chance he can, has been during the franchise. Well, you got to think about, like, in that aspect, like, maybe he was supposed to be a throwaway. Not a, not a throwaway, but he's a sacrificial lamb. But you got to also think that at the time, George Lucas wasn't going, this is going to be one of the biggest franchises in the history of movies. Mm-hmm. He's going, I'm just trying to put out my movie, and, like, yeah, maybe he was meant to be a throwaway with some history, but I maybe never not. Call it a throwaway. Maybe not as big as because he's never a throwaway. He was okay. always a critical part. He was a crucial but he, part, but, but that he died. But he, his purpose was to die. That's a throwaway, you know. But he was. The, he didn't. 
I, I wouldn't say throw away at all because he then became then the voice and the conscious force afterwards. He transcended. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Right. Yeah. Like a, a good it, analogy for anybody that out there that doesn't watch Star Wars, weirdo. Um, Game of Thrones, nice. Ned Stark. Like very similar effect on the story. Oh, in the first season? Right. Yeah. Like Ned Stark dies early, but like his character and his morals carried a lot of the other characters. Yeah. Carry on through his children and. Yeah, that's such a good show. Until the end, there. Yeah, right up until season eight when they threw it in the trash. No. Yeah, but what were they gonna do? They that, could that, they could have done the fine. same thing, but they could have stretched out the war with the Walkers longer, the White Walkers, like an episode. They could have made that a few episodes, and like drug that out. And then you know what should have happened is, John should have been facing off against the King White Walker or whatever he was. He should have been losing, you know, put up a decent fight, but eventually, obviously losing. He needs help. And then Arya jumps in and helps him beat. They beat him together. Not just Arya gets all the shine and Jon Snow looks like a little bitch. Well, not like a little bitch, but he definitely didn't. They made it look like he was going to be the one to win the war. Yeah. I think they're... I don't mind how they took any of the story. The only thing I really have a problem with is that they did it in like six episodes or whatever it was. Yeah, and the like that Daenerys, should have really been like two or three seasons. Daenerys losing her mind, like at the like in a couple episodes, well, when I mean, when the whole show she'd been battling, being a good person. Yeah, that's true. And then but. then all of a sudden she's a murderous lunatic. Yeah, didn't make sense to me. No. Anyway, we're on. Game Star of Wars, Thrones, yeah. no. Go back to Star, Star Wars. Wars. So, Ted, what did you think overall of Star Wars? Of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the, the Disney show? Like I said, overall, I liked it. Um, I thought it was a good show, but it didn't really hook me as much as I thought. Like, Where did it fail you? What did you think? I don't know. Like, it, it's kind of hard to pin down. It just wasn't as exciting as I was hoping for. Like, I didn't watch the last episode until this morning before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like there have been a lot of other shows that I've watched coming out of like Marvel and Disney and Star Wars. You can't Wars, wait to where, see the right, next yeah, one. Like, you just can't wait to see the next one. And this show, it was kind of like it was good, but I was never like urged to like grab the next episode as soon as possible. One of the big things I thought I had a problem with is that Princess Leia, the little kid, but she was the best actress. She was almost outshone, outshined everyone else in the cast. That, that nobody else could actually be on the same level and it made her kind of stand out and didn't kind that, of fit in with the whole. And I think it's because she was, she outshined them. At the beginning of the show, like I was talking about, uh, the things that didn't need to happen in the show that frustrated me, they still could have told the same story, but in a little bit different way. <clears throat> um, there were a lot of plot holes, a lot of big ones. Uh, I had a problem with Luke and Leia being there at all. Uh, maybe just having Luke and him watching him from a distance, that would have been fine for me. But for him, Leia, to be such a big part, and that was a very obvious uh, play on the Baby Yoda thing. They were like, oh, we need something cute. To... So they're like, oh, we'll just throw fucking Baby Leia in. And like... The fucking mo- the episode where the grown ass men can't catch her, 
when they're like running behind her. Like, yeah, I was like the dude. I could one. catch a little kid like that so fast if I had to. And the, like two grown ass men running full clip can't catch a little girl with like two foot legs. You know, yeah, foot and a half long. It, it isn't about them catching it. It's about the the, the drama. That's okay. Well, it needs that's, to be better drama. Like that's lazy. That's lazy to me. Yeah, I mean, that's I think the kind of shit you would see in a show like Power Rangers or well, that's a that's lower budget. We've we've said you know that Disney is not challenging, is not you know not pushing itself, not making risks. They're being too safe. Yeah. Yeah, as sure. Ted was kind of mentioning earlier, I don't know if we for sure clipped that earlier on the on the recording, but it's hard to remember what we were saying before. Is, we had to start over, guys, because we jumped way too early into things, so we had to like start over earlier. Bill's a slave driver. He's like, cut, crack the whip. <laughs> yeah, like, I I agree though. I think Disney's definitely kind of playing it as safe as possible. Um, on your point with Leia, like I don't really have a problem with her being there. And I think it gives a little more context to her reaching out to Obi-Wan. Later. Yeah, later on. So I think from that sure. regard, I think it was a good thing to have her there. But her being the a same centerpiece time, for the whole thing, maybe not so much. At the same time, her, I always attributed her reaching out to Obi-Wan because her parents told her about him. And said, if you ever need help, contact Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like it didn't, that never rung to me as if she knew him before they met in the first Star Wars movie. Yeah, maybe. So, and like all the shit they went through. Those are all your assumptions. Okay, fair enough. But the way they act together when they meet in Star Wars is very much as if they they are just meeting for the first time. It's not like, don't you think she would run up and give him a big hug and be like, it's so good to see you. If they had gone through this harrowing experience together, you got a point. But at the same time, these are about aliens fighting in space. That you know, at what point does you're reality? Too much slack. You, you know, you're cutting you, too much slack. No, but it's, you got to admit, it, if you if you analyze all the plot holes, look at how the the, the Star Wars, how they fight in space, is totally contradictory. How gravity in space actually okay, works. Okay, fair enough. But most it's people... based on land Earth flight. And not that's true, you know. So I mean, if you look at it, that everything can can fall apart. I'm I'm not saying your points are not. I'm correct. saying most people you're, aren't gonna care so much about that as they are about familiar human interactions that should happen in a situation like them meeting again in Star Wars on the Death Star, and then and especially did, she's, did they, they meet? They saved each other's life. They had a very strong bond. You know, thinking. Did she actually meet Obi-Wan on in the first movie? I'm trying to remember where else they met in the series or even like in the prequels. Maybe they did. Because he was fighting Vader when Luke was. So, but what so about maybe the, they what didn't about the prequels? Meet. Well, the prequels ended with um, Obi-Wan handing. No, it wasn't even Obi-Wan. I don't remember who handed him off, but that was the very end of episode three was Leia and Luke being handed off. Mm-hmm. And so then all the the JJ Abrams was all kind of after. Dude, I'm thinking stuff. maybe they didn't meet in A New Hope, did they? No, they didn't. It was Luke and Han, and then he died before they got back. You're a little short for a stormtrooper. Yeah. Okay, so that makes okay. Okay, I'm wrong. I'm wrong then. 
So that makes a lot more sense. It's been a while since I watched the original. But it is still weird that she... Didn't react more to hearing that he died. That relationship, yeah, because in, you know, the way that Obi-Wan ended, they had a very strong emotional bond. Like, So she would be devastated that she found out he died. Especially if somebody that connected, but... Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's almost like they wrote this one, like... After. Well, after the other one was set in stone. Yeah. You know, it is kind of weird. Shut the fuck up, Ted. <laughs> Logic is not allowed here. Yeah. So uh, I think the same story, and this is my point, is like I don't think we needed all that. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. If you agree, disagree, whatever. Like you said, it's objective. So what did you like but, about it? Uh, well, what I was going to say is, I think the story could have been told the same story without Luke and Leia being like directly involved. I like I like the idea of seeing Obi-Wan watching Luke from afar. Obviously we need that. Um at least in the beginning of the show and at the end, like him on his post or at his post and then at the end he finishes up with being haunted by the Inquis- that's all it needed to be was they figured out where Obi-Wan was. They didn't know why he was there. They're hunting him. He doesn't want to know or want them to know that Luke is there. So he leaves the planet and they're hunting him the whole show. It doesn't have to be uh, the whole convoluted Luke and Leia thing. It could have been very simple. Just a a simple hunt. I think, And then he could have still met people that were interested in helping Jedi along the way. I think the Disney bigwigs say, hey, we own the rights to Luke and Leia. Yeah, of course. You need to use these characters. Yes. Fit them in there somewhere. No, no, no. I I don't agree. Like, you think back to the very beginning. Like, the whole thing that gets Obi-Wan off of the planet and out in the open where the Inquisitors can find him was Leia. Fair. So... But that's his duty is to protect Luke and Leia. Well, his his duty is... um, Right, but the my whole Jimmy point Smith. is is like if you, if they didn't get him off of the planet to begin that initial hunt on him, then the story couldn't have happened the way it did. Why? Because if they found him on that planet, he sure as hell can't go back. Well, who's to say they would know he would go back if I mean, I guess it would yeah. be obvious to go okay, back there. Okay, on that note, then why wouldn't they just go to uh why wouldn't they just go there and grab Leia again when she was at home at the end of the show? Why would Vader and everybody just leave Leia alone after she got home? I mean, we can we can ask a better question. Why didn't Obi Wan just finish Anakin off at the end? It's true. Well, yeah, why, ass and twice, then walks away twice. Right? Yeah, just yeah. walks away. He did it twice. That was a badass. So like, yeah, I mean, if, if we want to play that mm. game, like we can go that route. But Talk- what I'm saying is, like, for it to lead into the the movies. Like it, it kind of needed to have something pull him off the planet where his original location wasn't really known so that he can go back to it. And the other hard thing as is from a position of a writer, you, you, you need to kind of fill this story in this in between. You, you can't, you know that Obi-Wan's not going to die. You know, Vader's not going to die. Right. You know, I mean, so there's, I think that was a little why there wasn't as much interest. You knew there wasn't that risk. You knew that Leia, that Leia and I don't Obi-Wan think that, were going to make it. Yes so and that, no. Like, I don't Rogue, think that matters. Rogue One. Yeah. Rogue One? Like, but, you knew what was going to happen. Everybody dies, though. 
Right, but it's a little different. Right, but like you know how it's going to turn out, but like you still loved it. Yeah, it's a great movie. See, that was that may be my favorite Star Wars Me movie. Me too. Especially yeah, after the because of the, I I don't think I really knew that it was going to happen that way. You know what gave me those vibes? Uh what was that show we were talking about a couple episodes ago that's coming out? What's it called? It's like the origin to Rogue One. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's yeah, the new Star Wars. What was that? Andor. Andor. Is that or something like that? That gives me total Rogue One vibes, and I'm so excited for that show. I oh, think that it is. Rogue I think Rogue that's One era too. I think that'll be the sleeper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, there was a lot I liked about Obi Wan just because of the uh, nostalgia. So some of the fights were great, and I also love. Fights. I also love. I'm sorry, I'm clearing my throat a bunch. That Hayden Christensen is in the suit. Yeah, the whole time. I really love that aspect. Oh yeah, there's the scenes where like the helmet was coming out, and you can see his face still in well, there. Even and when the you voice was bouncing back and forth. Yeah, that was, Hayden, I was gonna say, that was my favorite part. That was, was so like, cool. The split voices yeah, that was great. Dope. That was a great, great. There were great things about that show that, like, exactly like you said, that was such a fucking badass scene. And their second fight killed it. Or when oh, Vader yeah. was force holding the ship from what uh, you know, it was still that was sick. Yep. I think the effects were a little, you could tell it was fake, but how can you not? Who cares? But it was still that badass. Oh, I would yeah. rather see bad effects. Oh my than God, I could tell that writing. guy wasn't using the force for real. He, Hayden looks 40 years old. Well, no shit, he yeah, is. Yeah. 20 years that later. Was, okay, and I want to say. Not, I want to slap people who were complaining about I, that. I want to say, as, as far as that scene went, and yeah, you could tell he looked older. Big deal. Because he was. That kind of shit doesn't matter to me. Good writing is what matters to me. And me and Ted have had this conversation about books before. I have a really big thing about structure of a story, how it flows, how it makes sense. Like if stuff happens in there that doesn't make any fucking sense to me, like two grown men being able to chase down a little girl in two seconds. That bothers me. It's lazy, lazy, lazy. I don't like that. I would rather see. I don't know. I've lost my I, nephew in the mall once, and I would rather see to catch him. I would rather see bad, some lackluster CGI than I would than I would like to see bad writing. All day, all day, all day. Yeah, see, and I'm I'm a little bit different. Him and I have had this discussion, like he said. Oh, a bunch of like, times. I am much less reliant on that kind of stuff like it doesn't bother me near as much as it does him like it i notice it and i like to call it out yeah but it it doesn't it it doesn't really have the potential to like kill a story for me like i can read some pretty trashy stuff as long as there's a good story behind it so when i got my story i'm gonna have you proofread it are you You, saying like like, (laughs) are you saying like uh so you know there's something good under there, so you just kind of use your imagination a little and just kind of love it for what it is. Yeah, like I, I focus more on like the the big damn, overarching dude. story. Like I love the details. Like you and I both love Brandon Sanderson, and that's part of what makes his books what they are. We should do are. an episode about that. Oh, yeah, I'm done. That would be a great, good one. Yeah. Well, maybe like, when the next book comes out. Yeah, which I don't think is too far out. I think it's, I think uh, it's the next Mistborn is next, the next one. Yeah, the last book of the second era. Yep, book four. So good, Bill. If you read books regularly, like Do you read that? books with without pictures, Bill. 
I don't know if can, I can. Can you read books? <laughs> no, honestly, I'm a terrible reader that way because I got I have to be like in the zone. I get really really distracted. Um, so it's got to catch me or I got to be in the right mood. But yes, I I'm you know I well, do. Well, this like is to like read. a whole fucking like commitment. You got to like give part of your life to all these books. They're so long, but so 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 good. Yeah, like the Mistborn books are a bit shorter. I think most of those are like 20 to 25. Yeah, 24 hours long. I think they get a little longer, but then the second era books are much shorter. Yeah, they're only like 15. Yeah. Uh, still just as good, though. Oh, yeah, they're super Some good. of the best character development in any kind of... And the layout of this guy's... Um, his universe? His universe is very much like the MCU in the fact that you can enjoy each... Uh, each series in the universe on its own, but and, and like just enjoy that. But you're going to be intrigued into looking into the other worlds that are in the Cosmere, which is the name of his uh his universe. <clears throat> and each each planet in this universe that he covers has a different form of magic, but it's all connected to the same central source. But they manifest differently on different planets. The dog's snoring. It's really I fucking... I wasn't sure which end that was coming out of. I was getting ready to brace yeah. myself. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That That's one we should do an, ep- an episode on, yeah. Brandon. Yeah, I'm down. I'll come on for that one. Um, As far as like good things... Yeah, I think a lot of the action, I think the fights in that last fight especially, but the fights... And the, with the Inquisitor scenes. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about the Inquisitors. I so think that the Inquisitor, sides, the sister... Third sister, third. I think she, her story, how she was a Padawan, hid under the bodies, as I would assume, Yeah, she got to, to pretend that she was dead while Anakin slaughtered everyone. And she played the long game and always planned on killing him, or at least that's the way it seemed at the end. Was that was that was her spoiler? Yeah. She she doesn't kill Vader. No, yeah. obviously <laughs> not. Um, she survived though, right? Yep. Yeah. Spoilers. Yep. Obviously, we're doing spoilers, but yeah, I like using that button. We we don't use it enough anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to be on on top of it. <laughs> Yeah, it, like if you remember at the end, like she kind of throws her lightsaber in the sand in front of Obi Wan, and then they like hug, and then they walk apart. That was actually a very heart. It like pulled on the strings. Like you could totally. That's good writing. Is what they did with her. That is good writing. Like her playing that long game. Her wanting to kill Vader and becoming an Inquisitor. So she can get close enough to do that. You can totally relate to that. So, and she, what's also interesting... She watched all her friends and everyone she knew get slaughtered and she wanted that revenge. She, who cannot relate to that? What's also interesting is the whole lore of the Sith or the kind of culture of the Sith, if you will, that these, you know, like the it's not a Padawan, but the, the underling the of the... the of, Inquisitors. Or, or whoever, they expect everyone to be double-crossing them. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you double crossed me. I'm so surprised. How could you've done this to me? It's like, of course you fucking did. Yeah, the, no, that's I, and they. If you didn't, I'm gonna think less of uh, you. Yes, and that's exactly how it is. And that's no, another. That's, that's that's a really good point, because d- during my 
journey through it was a long time that I was reading Star Wars uh they call it legends now but we called it the extended universe back then um a lot of the books and in like books you get obviously get more detail on things like the history of the Sith the way they operate you read the Darth Bane trilogy right Ted No I didn't read Darth Bane I think the only You should have read that The only Wait, ones you... that I did like I did the you sorry no, you're good. Take over. I can't. You get those insights that you just said. Mm-hmm. You get all that. And that is totally how that works. Is like in the old Republic days, the old, you know, 30 Sith before Palpatine days, Bane. Um, that's the way the Sith Order worked. Is like you um, expected the people around you to double cross you. You expected to be, uh, and that kept people on their toes and like, but also it was flawed in their approach because they were a simulacrum of the the Jedi temple like the Jedi order mm-hmm. and Darth Bane was like no we're doing this wrong he's like we need to have and that's where the rule of 2 came from is Darth Bane thought he's like we're we're spreading the power of the dark side throughout a huge order like a massive army of Sith master, uh, Sith masters and acolytes, and on top of that, when somebody is more powerful, that gives opportunity to the lesser, the the weaker, to band together and overtake the stronger. So, in essence, that weakens the Sith over time. Yeah. So he's like the rule of two. We need to contain all the power of the dark side and the Almighty Master. And then he has his apprentice, and the only way that apprentice becomes the master is by rent, like ripping the old master out of the throne, like taking that crown by force. You have to, or you do not. You're not the master, and you fuck off. Just like the uh, the Mandalorian sword, I forget what it's called. The the dark saber. Dark saber. Yeah, kind of, kind it's similar. Um, so like what you're saying, that was always a aspect of the dark side. Like it's actually looked upon in a good light. Um, is like yeah, I expect you. You are my student, but later I want you. I expect you to try to kill me. You don't. If oh, you no, don't, like then it, you are not worthy of this 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 post. Right, yeah. It's got kind of that, like, if you don't try to do this, then I taught you wrong kind of vibe. Yeah, you're not cut out for this shit because you need to be ruthless uh, and not give a fuck about anybody. We might spend, you know, a half a lifetime together, but still, you need to kill me later. Or at least try yeah. and fail so I can start over. Yeah, but that's kind of the... Oh, that stuff's all so good. That was such a good point, dude. That was a really good point. And that's something they knocked out of the park. I think that's why I say... It even happened with Vader and the Emperor kind of in the... In that's the, why I say that the, Jedi. the Leia stuff took away from that stuff. You, you were focused on, oh, she's cute, oh, blah, 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 blah. So, and But you they could have focused more on the struggle with the Inquisitors and left all that out. He could have been, you know what I mean? See, I don't know if you can... So coming from somebody who works more on the kind of the, the I guess, corporate side of, of creating content, 
you do have to play to all of your different audience. I get that. You know, and, and it like if I were like get got my dream job or something and writing for Disney or you know writing for Marvel doing something fucking cool like that, that would be a dream job at least one point in my life. Mm-hmm. You would have to deal with the situations that you're 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 provided. So I I I try to take a little different lens when kind of looking at plot holes. It's like all right, you were dealt these cards. Did you play the hand best you can, best you could have? Yeah, if you present now, somebody, if you present somebody with like outlines of what you want, like oh yeah, we need this, this, this. Write your story, and we'll see if we like it. Like if you and like I like you said, do the best you can with what you're given. Then fair enough. Maybe so, they did. So the question is to to both of you: Do you think, knowing that they had to? write the story in between several worlds that already existed. How well did they play their hand? It's different than how I would have played it. So I would say, like I said, seven, if it's a one to 10, seven, I would have, I think I could have done better. Honestly. You would. Yeah. So honestly, I feel like I could have crafted a much smoother, better, more engaging story than them chasing a little girl. That's so such a trope. You know what I mean? Yeah, but so, so here's here's the deal, Cliffy. Step back and think for a second. If you if there was a Disney executive sitting in the room with us right now, how happy do you think he would be to hear a hardcore Star Wars fan give that show a seven? He'd be pretty cool with it. Exactly, because because the you bottom gave it a line, seven, which means which means you thought it was pretty good, but it was written in such a way that people that don't even watch Star Wars could still watch it and enjoy it. Fair enough. So from and Disney's perspective, like this people, is a pretty people, big win. people looking for more Baby Yoda. That's <clears> what I was. That was my point. Is like they're. And I also like to look at it as far as consumer, what I had to pay to get that experience, and it's it's a Disney Plus subscription, uh-huh. or or my family member who has a Disney <laughs> Plus subscription. <laughs> right. um, That's and hell. and for that value. I'm pretty in- entertained versus like a movie. I think I'm a little more critical because there's a little more dollar value or something, but not even know, necessarily like, more dollar value. Like if you want to get down to it, experience. you probably end up, you probably end up spending more on Disney plus than you would like going to the every, movies, a movie every couple of years. Dude. Okay. But we're going to more than one but, movie every couple of years, bro. No, like a star Wars movie. Okay. How often do those come out? Well, I'm thinking Marvel and all the comics. Yeah, like all the all the nerds a month, right? But like consider on like one part of the series. So like if you looked at like just Iron Man movies or just Captain America movies, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, like you're looking at just Star Wars movies. You're only you're only going to expect one once every couple of years. And like, yeah, the added value of all the Marvel stuff. Like, I get that, but like price breakdown wise, you probably end up spending more on Disney Plus than you would going to watch each of those individual movies. That's true. You know, and I didn't hate the show. Like, I don't hate it. I would watch it again, probably. If you give me a little time, I'll watch it again. Maybe I'll like it more. Uh, I I think The Mandalorian captured something that uh, people were... Maybe I think the Jedi thing needs to be left alone for a while. And like we said, Rogue One is one of the best movies, uh, if not the best one of the series. And that that's a, that's objective, but like you get very very little lightsaber and force in that movie. It's oh. it's more about the I think connecting with your audience on an emotional level hits more home 
than waving around lightsabers and using characters that you know have to be there because they're such a staple in the in the series uh if they would have left it alone and focused on yeah focus on obi-wan obviously there's some uh nostalgia there obviously vader uh but focus more on those inquisitors and their inner battle their inner struggle to, for dominance and their chase to catch obi-wan and like he's the big prize right so like they're all we got some of that they're vying for who's going to capture him so they can be the next grand inquisitor yeah i kind of see where you're coming from on that like i didn't really think about that side of it like seeing more of the inquisitor struggle would have been cool i think that could have carried the show um i get it i get that it would have been a darker thing and like you guys were saying like yeah, they got to hit a broader audience and they're trying to get people that might not watch Star Wars all that much, but they like the cutesy side. I get it. So it, something that Osh said that keeps echoing is how Disney has kind of ruined O'Shea? a lot of this. Yeah, O'Shea. Shout out to Osh. You know, you know, just kind of seeing this Disney-fied thing. And cause, I thought about asking him to be on this because he made some really good points in his post. Did you see that? Is that what you're talking about? I mean, it might have been a few months ago or so, yeah. Uh, But I'm just like when he was on the show, he was just like, he was so upset that, you know, Star Wars has become Disneyfied. And then kind of, no spoilers here, so don't worry, Um, kind of watching Thor and Love and Thunder, um, Chelsea really didn't like it. And I think that bums me out. But I, I understand why. Um, I think we might, you know, been a little harsh on her reaction just because we were still kind of high on the movie, but, and I've seen a lot of her criticism kind of echoed on Twitter and everywhere else, but I think it comes down to that, um, that Disney fight and just not taking risks. Whereas when they first took Star Wars, they took risks. Rogue One was mm-hmm. under Disney that was and such... they took some big risks. And it's amazing. And I, and I think they need to kind of. Go back to that. They need to get that little... They need to be nervous when they say... When they're about to publish that movie, they need to get a little bit nervous. Is this too much? Is this too far? Yeah, the... If they're not asking that, I think they're going to fail the fans. Yeah, that's... And why independence, just like in the comic book world where people are getting disenfranchised with Marvel or DC, well, DC offered then Black Label, but... That shit's awesome. Um, we, we see other things through the independence, and same thing with streaming. Some of the most, like hardcore stuff is coming from the independents the boys um or we're seeing yeah, invincible some of the best shit you know some of the the really edgy stuff we're not going to find on disney anymore no well deadpool's going to push the limits on that and we'll see okay talk that's a good, speaking that's a good question speaking wow. about disneyfied is disney going to water down deadpool is deadpool 3 or whatever it is Going to be a softer, Disneyfied version of Deadpool, and I would argue, I would almost say, I think it will be. I don't, but I don't, I don't, I don't think they're that fucking stupid though. No, I, I don't think they can do that. Like that's that would be like that? shooting yourself in both feet and expecting to run. Yeah, that part of their franchise is kind of dedicated to that outpouring of not family friendly. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, that is 
that is the little corner of the universe where they hold on to their hardcore. And if they pee in that fishbowl, they're going to have a real problem. Yeah. Disney once upon a time had their own, I think like, like back in the eighties, nineties, I, I might be getting the names wrong, but like they had touchstone pictures or they had another branch that allowed them to kind of do those horror or different things. Well, and like we also you said, see in the Disney plus there was another thing. Are you can like you get black label? Like, exactly. Like black label. They had an offshoot. Um, you could, you know, still call it fucking Disney or whatever, but it's Disney, Disney dark, Disney, <laughs> Disney after hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't like do any of that without making sound like it's a porn network, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Disney for adults. What the hell was that old cartoon network? The adult, adult swim. Adult, yeah, swim. adult swim. Yeah. There you, you go. still do it. No. Yeah. Well, that's like the anime block on, I don't know how they do it now, but on, when I was a kid, Cartoon Network, Toonami. Yeah, I remember that. was the anime block of Cartoon Network for a couple hours, you know what I mean? Same kind of deal. I think, yeah, maybe that, it is time for something like that. For Star Wars and for Marvel, but I think it would work... You know what I mean? It's like yeah. ha- have those, uh, you know, rated R movies that they, you know, it's still Disney. But like you said, you call it something different. You call it a uh, fucking shit fuck studios. I don't know. <laughs> but it's still part of the MCU or still part of the Star Wars universe. Well, you know, well, they, they, Disney as a whole is not afraid of being dark. No, if you look historic, I mean, like uh, um, Endgame. Endgame was dark. Was that under Disney yet, though? But I'm thinking more specifically, course, like yeah, Nightmare, in, Nightmare Endgame. Before Christmas, Endgame, or some of or some of the other ones there. Um, but yeah, they or I always like to go back to Bambi's mom. You know, you know, and they they're not. That was a different time. Yeah, but that that's also not quite. That's not really that. This is going to sound terrible, but that's not really that dark. Like. That's more of like nature taking its course and, you know, humanity being part of that. But it was pushing the envelope at that state of time as far as, and I mean it more not as far as, as dark, but as far as traumatic loss. Yeah, I can see that. So I think that's probably a better word than than, than being dark or evil. Yes, you're absolutely right. That was nature taking its course or, you know, man versus nature mm. uh, and then nature versus itself. Or, well, like the Simba or whatever, Lion King thing. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, Mufasa. <laughs> I saw a birthday cake on Facebook the other day um, where a kid had requested uh, a Lion King birthday cake, but he specifically wanted the scene where Mufasa's dying. <laughs> Damn. So dude. it's like Simba up on top of the cake looking down at Mufasa laying on the cardboard. <laughs> dude, dude, it's pretty brutal. That's so dope. <laughs> it was a cool cake. Hell yeah. I like that kid's style. So what do you think's what do you expect next from the next Disney show? Which, it's the next show because we're not getting any movies. What's the next what, show? I yeah. think it's Andor. Is is that the next? Oh, it's Star called? Wars show. Star, oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? Disney? Yeah. Uh, sorry, Star Wars specifically. I expect a lot out of it. I hope they push the envelope like they did in Rogue One. I think I hope we get those same vibes, the same uh, almost darker atmosphere. That's going to be a show about the building of a resistance right the first uh spark of the resistance in in against the empire um 
it's gonna need a very dark, very hard, almost um, desperate feel to it to really get the point across on why they are over the Empire and ready to fight back to really uh, stand up to uh, something like Rogue One and give off the same energy and be just as good. It needs to feel desperate. That's where resistance comes from. It's like when you're finally over uh, being under somebody's boot heel and you're ready to fight back. So it's going to need to be gritty and dark and maybe not as family-friendly. I don't want to see funny shit. I don't want to see funny shit. And if I do, very little. Light-hearted, just to keep everybody from going completely over the edge into insanity. So, a funny guy that keeps everybody from losing their shit. But I want this show to be Did you think there serious. was too much of that in Obi-Wan? I didn't really find too much comedic. I thought uh, there was a good... That was more cuteness. There's a few dashes with um, the the guy that was faking a Jedi. He was yeah. funny. That, yeah. I liked him. I th- he he was like kind of the comedic relief, but it was just it was almost like, oh, but oh yeah, dude. I, that, he was a great character. He, I think was, he was. He's just a great actor. I forget his name, but he's was funny. it one of the other Eternals too? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But he's a funny guy. Um, and like him pretending to be a Jedi, that was funny. <laughs> there was a lot of good stuff about the show. I didn't hate you nev- it. You would never think. But it makes total sense that there would be con artists. There would be Jedis, fake Jedi. Yes. You know, trying to just like a snake oil salesman. Like, oh, yes, yes. There you go. Yeah, but I mean, at least that dude was doing it for a good cause. Like, he was ripping people off for he's sure. He's like, yeah, he I like credit. true to his word. If he said something, he did it. Yeah, he's that like. That was what made him the great character. He's like, that's yeah, what makes I'm a total him... sh- fucking liar. But if I say I'm going to do it, I got, I'm, I got it. That's what makes a Except character. That I'm not actually a Jedi. Like yeah. I might Jedi. say that, but you know. okay. That's what makes a character like him stand out, and like I've said before, more relatable. He's not perfect. He's not out there just like sacrificing himself to get people out of there. He's like, oh, I like credits too. You know, it's funny. I like it's money. Like, He's I, like, I'll make a little money off this, but I'm still doing a good thing. Right. You know what? Kind of just clicked for me is he's basically like the han solo of that series uh yeah just like the charming um a little more doofus but yes scoundrel well yeah but i think that's kind of the role that he filled in that you're you're right yeah i didn't think but you're you're you're, i think you got it something on there yeah yeah for sure he totally was i thought he was funny probably one of the better parts of the show honestly now i think about it yeah what else did you like like about the show kind of like uh standout moments for you ted I really liked the last fight, obviously, but I mean, you kind of. So the 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 Obi Wan uh, Vader fight, right? Yeah, like it, like I said earlier, I think it strikes me as stupid to like whoop his ass and then just walk and away, just leave but, again. Yeah. But like, That's... you have to kind of like reach into your mind and go, okay, well, it's the internal struggle. You know, it was his best friend for a very long time. You know, like, oh, I'm not gonna be the one to do it. Yeah, you and can't. Ultimately. Vader does renounce the dark side and help Luke, and that yeah. causes the the balance in the Force, mm-hmm. at least for that particular moment. But there's uh, some argument that Vader being created uh, actually, yeah, Vader being created balanced the forces, like like he just said, brought the number of Jedi down to the same number of Sith, or a very similar, like the. 
Yes. Yeah, it was it was after the Vader thing, the force was actually much more balanced. Like, yeah, the universe was in a really shit spot or the galaxy. That was because but... the Jedi had become blind to the nuances of the force just from being so powerful they had gotten involved in the war. Something they shouldn't have been involved with. They were supposed to be diplomats first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always and forever. So they were people to mediators and drawing your lightsaber was a last resort but then they're generals in a war and serving on the edge of serving the dark side which is what blinded them to what was coming only somebody like yoda even yoda didn't see it coming he did but only in glimpses but he always said it was hard for him to see at that time, like the the force was clouded to him. So much, yeah, so much, Beca- and that wasn't because of Palpatine. That was because, well, it's because of Palpatine and them drawing him them into the war. But he knew manipulating them into a fight and making, in essence, making the next generation generation of Jedi more aggressive. Yeah, lent, lent more to the dark side than it did to the light. Yeah. And it inevitably brought down the Jedi. Not because it, it was oversaturation. Yeah, that's reasonable. But Sorry, I went off on No, that's no, fine. You're, went off you on are Lego. a great tangent guy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You are a master. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or. Oh yeah, you can you can take something and run with it, man. <laughs> that's part of why I like to talk to you. Whatever. I'm gonna choose to take that as a good thing. Oh, it is. It was meant as a compliment, dude. It is hotter than a fucking fucking here. You know, it's kind of hot down here. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have any fans. Well, once you turn fans, then you. Get oh, we got tons mics. of fans. Yeah, about. Two people listen to this show every week. No, I'm just kidding. Shut your mouth. You don't say that. We got 3,000 over the, the Those, lifetime of this podcast. I, I at least one. give us one listen. I always listen to one of our epi- like episode, And not because I'm a fucking dude that needs to hear myself talk. But I just like to learn from each one and see how we're improving. But, yeah. Anyway... I don't think anybody has asked Bill what he really enjoyed about the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, first off, I think it started off slow. <clears throat> I think the first, it, it kind of didn't grab, you, you said before, you know, at the end of the episode, you weren't excited about the next one. Yeah. Um, I love the story, and we've kind of touched here and there about all the different things that I like. They were great battle scenes, great fight scenes. Um and the kind of the, the the dark Jedi, the Inquisitor, and that kind of What's her trying to redemption story and kind of coming back. Go uh, ahead. No, I'm just moving my microphone. Sorry. But uh, really, I think the fight scenes and just kind of those battles and kind of seeing, I think it was the visuals, like I mentioned earlier, like when we saw um, the, the young Anakin, I forgot the actor's name all of a sudden, and uh, Darth Vader and the switching back and forth when his, his mask is melted. You can see O'Hayden kind of behind there and his voice is coming through. And then you had James Earl Jones coming back and you got this duality. 
And he's like, no, it was like, he's yeah, dead. It was like the perfect this is Vader. It was like the perfect melding of the originals. And then the, mm-hmm. you know, that were, was just be- poetically, visually, auto, auditorially. Am I, am I making up words? Yeah. Uh, one of the, that was just, I think poetic and being able to see that and kind of seeing Obi-Wan realize, even though he already kind of did it, kind of throwing in the lava, you know, I loved you. You were like a brother. And he's like, I'm still trying to save you, and I can't. Mm-hmm. And that, and that kind of, it was just, you know, kind of running into that wall again for that character, and kind of seeing that, and that tied with the other sub stories of of the Inquisitors. Um, you know, I think that's really what kind of made it made it stand out. That is a really good point. Um, I personally loved the fact that even though, um. You couldn't see his face. That Hayden Christensen was in the suit like every scene, right? But that was him, right? Wasn't it? I don't know. I hope it was. I'm sure there's some stunt double. I mean, not that you really needed a stunt double for anything they did, though. I'm pretty sure that was him. I need to look it up, and if I'm wrong, then fuck me, right? But anyway, I love the fact, um, and like you said, you get that duality and you connect... I think that's part of what was missing, you know, from the old movies and stuff is you're not thinking of Hayden Christensen in the suit. There's kind of a disconnect between Vader and Anakin, right? There, Yeah. Uh, so this brings it together. You see him in the suit. So you're like, oh, okay. That's like, you know what I mean? Like that solidifies that a little bit. And I think the show did really great things in that aspect as far as just like locking a couple things together maybe it wasn't like the greatest thing overall but it definitely did some really great things uh other than like other than that like like two of those fights were really cool the one where vader was that the second fight when he piled the rocks on obi-wan like they were flinging the rocks at each yeah. other. Yeah, that's when they first started fighting. How sick episode. was that? Yeah, it was pretty cool. And like the, Obi-Wan the, just kind of reflecting and, you know, getting his wits about him to push the rocks back out. And the more subtle use and the more fluid use of just like grabbing something with the force in the middle of a fight and using it in the fight. Usually it's just a lightsaber battle with a little bit of force use here and there. But they were mixing them together like fully, like fluidly, uh, manipulating their environment. It almost makes that fight in the <laughs> in A New Hope look ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it's like well, this I mean, is their their culminate their culmination. Their the fight that to end all fights, and it's just you know block parry attack. Right, but, but that's, like, to be that's fair, chronological Star Wars versus theatrical. Right, know, right, right. I get you know. that, but I, I think it's good that that's happening. But so if they rewrote Star Wars with today's, yeah, you gotta wonder what a New Hope would look like if they started with Rogue One, um, or if it was made today. If 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 Star Wars was kicking off in two thousand. 
23. It comes out next year. Don't give them those fucking ideas, man. They're going to ruin uh, They're not listening to us. Like, they're fucking putting it out years. into the universe, man. That's dangerous. Yeah, Disney's uh, one of the two people listening to this shit. <laughs> yeah, no, like, seriously, like 20 years from now, they're going to remake the whole thing anyway. Maybe. You know damn well they will. Maybe I would hope not. I would hope they would tread new ground. I would yeah, hope. That'd be, that'd be cool. My but hope damn for. Well, they'll, they'll redo it. Where are we at on time? Uh, hour 20. Okay. This is a good wrap-up point. My hope for, and we'll ask what you guys next, but my hope for the future of Star Wars would be that they are brave enough to tread new ground. Like Ted was saying, I don't know if he said it on this. We've said it somewhere, but yes. Um, But you said something about you want to see more Old Republic Oh yeah, for sure. I was gonna say, like, you want him to tread new ground. I want him to tread old ground, man. Well, I, I mean, new ground stuff. as far as get away from uh, Skywalker the Skywalkers. Yep. Get away from. Isn't there? There's talk of that. Keep going. Sorry. Just get away from that stuff. Well, yeah, and like I'm, I completely agree. Like Old Republic is where it's at for me. Like I love some of that stuff. I don't know if either of you two played I the have, Old Republic MMO game. No, uh, not the but game. But if you haven't, like if you are a Star Wars nerd and you have a, a semi decent computer, you should play that game. Just like just play the free version of it and level like a Sith warrior. And like um, you guys were talking about that, uh, the whole culture of the Sith being to betray each other, like yeah. that plays out so amazingly well in the story of the main, like your main stories you uh, level up in the game. It's so good, dude. Like Darth Revan. Well, Revan's like a side story or a side quest, like but your main story is like so you're playing as like this, you're a Sith warrior, and you're an apprentice, and you're working your way up through the Sith. Like that's the whole thing, and it's very much like that. Like you're expected to betray the people around you. It's amazing, dude. It's so good. So, like, if you don't, does that make it harder for you? No, like I don't. I don't think you have the option to not. Like it's part of your oh, main. You have to. It's your main progression story. Like you make choices throughout. Like you might make some like light side or positive choices, and you might make some dark side you know, negative choices is how they kind of draw the line there. But like the overall story is still you working your way through the Sith. It's nice. super good. Like if you want just the story it, and it, you know, you got to put in the time to play it obviously, but it's, it's a pretty good story. It sounds pretty cool. Reminds me of force, uh, force unleashed awakened. Uh, that's different. That's like an action game. Not an, uh, what he's talking about. There are, it's it an seems, RPG. Seems a little more, more detailed. It's an RPG. So it's, like it's, more like Fortnite. It's basically like World of Warcraft wrapped in Star Wars. Uh, well there's, it's an, that type there's of an RPG it. and then there's the, I think the later stuff was the MMO. Well, the MMO is the one that I'm talking about specifically. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That one specifically, like you. Like, whatever class that you pick, like an MMO class, like you have, like, mm-hmm. you know, WoW has a hunter, for example, or a mage or whatever. Like, in that Star Wars game, like, there's, I think there's two different Sith and two different Jedi to choose from. So, like, on the Sith side, it's warrior and, um, God, I can't remember what they called the other one, but it's a different archetype, right? Like, so it'd be, like, the difference between Vader and Sidious, where Vader is more like the physical force. Like, yeah, he's strong in the force, but most of his displays of power, like, you know, he's a he's a fighter, right? Whereas Sidious is like the force lightning and the mind games. Or manipulating right. Congress or whatever. Right, yeah. So that's that's the the difference. And then there's the Jedi equivalent counterparts, 
Um, and then like when you go with like the Jedi warrior, I'm pretty sure like you had a choice to be like a juggernaut, which is more Vader style or like an assassin style, like Darth Maul, like where you had like the double bladed lightsaber and stuff like that. But the warrior itself has like the same main story all the way through, regardless of which way you play it. And then the, like the, the other Sith, um, has a, a slightly different storyline, but it's, it's, you know, this, the similar Sith I'm, you're expected to betray kind of deal. So I just found some of the other new Star Wars that are coming out. Um, besides Andor, which is coming out August 31st, so that's coming up here soon. We also have Ahsoka, which is coming out in sometimes 2023. I'm kind of excited about that. I've always liked that character um, since uh, War, uh, Clone Wars. Clone Wars, yeah. just that show. Skeleton Crew, so that's coming out. I think that's an animated one. Um, and then Acolyte, the Acolyte, not much known about that. And then also we have Lando coming out. So these are Is all. Is that actually happening? It, it, I mean, it's number, it's all still very speculative, but it's on there. And also with Mandalorian season three. Because here's the thing. Uh, I am like maybe one of the, I don't know what everybody's thoughts are on Solo, the movie. Um, but I thought it was great. I thought it was okay. It wasn't my favorite. Like, and and Donald Glover as Lando, a young Lando. He was the best part of so it. So fucking good. So if they did a show with him, oh my fucking god, that would be so good. Well, as long if if they can find a way to work in, uh, oh crap! Right now that the uh, from Community, the other guy that's uh, that does the raps with him, with Donald Glover. Oh shit. <sighs> See, I had a great comeback, and now I fucked it all up because I can't remember the guy's name. Um, you got to watch Community, right? I've seen bits and pieces. I haven't watched. So Daniel 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 Glover's in it. Donald Glover is in it. Uh, He's more of his comedic bit, Um, and he's got Ahmed. Ahmed is the character's name in Community. If they can get that character in, I'm sold. They don't have to do anything else. If you're a community fan, you get it. If not, I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a sitcom. Yeah. Or, I mean, I'm not sure if that's the best way. It's a comedy. It's, it, it's been out for a while. You should watch it. It's funny. It's, it's worth it. Hmm. It's about uh, a community college and a bunch of just kind of people just all reacting to it. And Donald Glover's in it. Oh, like, okay. Okay. I think I know what you're talking about now. But. Anyways, Star Wars. Um, what? Yeah. What I, do you What do you want from the future? So what I want, um, and it's kind, and it's kind of a cop out answer, but it's it's the truth. It's the same thing we talk about with Marvel movies. I want those emotional, impactful stories. Mm-hmm. I want those stories that really connect to me emotionally. And with Star Wars, it's all about the sound effects, the visual effects. And the melding of all those three worlds, because I need I need those. The, the, the sound effects are quintessential to my love of Star Wars. I'm in that you hear that, dun, 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 and then you know that that sold me. I mean that's that like you know goosebumps only, right away for me. That has an immediate effect. So the soundscape very much is important to me. Um, I don't really have any complaints. If you notice it, it's bad kind of thing, but. 
um, all of those components and the visual effects and but bottom line that got to have that emotional impact impact mm-hmm. like I we think that's seeing. the I think uh, I hope and I do think if they stick to the same formula as Rogue One that Andor will be uh, maybe the sleeper show of all of these problem is Mandalorian has become the template yeah 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 i mean that that's obviously uh top tier i think mandalorian uh was done almost perfectly like honestly but but it's weird because some of the same complaints that i have about what they're trying to do happened in the mandalorian but it worked in the mandalorian but it didn't like the cutesy wootsy stuff like it made made sense you can't gorku there's a difference man like people have kids they know better i don't have a grogu you know what I mean? Like, sure you do. Baby Ted? Yeah. He's, there's mine right there. Tank's your, your on the son's pretty close. He's a little more chatty, though. Yeah. He's a cute kid, though. Oh, yeah. He's fun. Sometimes and totally. That makes cool. sense. I, f- I think we forget about that they got to sell this to kids, too. Oh, yeah. Because they're the next generation. They're the ones that are going to take it. Yeah. They're going to be the writers. They're going to be the creators and the dreamers yeah, we of the think next about, generation. We got to think about when we grew up watching the original Star Wars and being inspired and falling in love with all this and like we were kids man running around with sticks going <laughs> we, we were kids and what got Hold you on, into let's, it let's see where you two fall you are you guys pro ewok or anti-ewok i don't care dude i love it all like for what it is uh, for the most part Endor should have been uh, i think it like i'm not against i'm not opposed to wookies but Endor should have been wookies i'm not a, you know what's to, funny to, i'm sorry uh you know what's funny for a guy who enjoys like rigid structure in a story, I two of my very favorite things are filled with plot holes, and that's Star Wars and Dragon Ball. Oh yeah. Um, so maybe I'm not as rigid on that as I think I am. Who knows? I don't think you care so much about the plot holes as you do like just how the story is being told. It may. It or does matter to like me. It unrelatable me for a long to you, time, but huh? if you can't relate to it, it's that's hard for me. Yeah, if I don't feel an emotional connection to a story, like if it doesn't make me, because like the times that I've seen you kind of in that that upset moment, it's usually because it's logically, it's like, why did you do that? It's like you could have just pushed the button and, and yes, you, yes, you know, it's like you wasted all this drama over something that really didn't when you could have just walked around the turnstile and or, use that time for something more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I mean by structure is like, yeah, it bothers me when time is wasted and and otherwise really well thought out, like base idea. And then you execute it like shit that fucking kills me. It fucking kills me. And they didn't do it so bad in this. It's not like unwatchable, but I still feel like they could have told the same story in a much smoother, simpler, uh, more meaningful way that was more relatable and not leaning on uh, shit they know works, like manipulating people's emotions like, oh, that's so cute. I'm going to keep watching so I see baby Leia instead of going, oh, fuck, I want to know what happens between these Inquisitors because this struggle's real. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I could definitely see that. It's like, like I said, I, I think that Leia was important at least to pull him away from the planet. 
But beyond that, like I would love to have seen more with the Inquisitors. That was my point, is they yeah. didn't need Leia. They not, didn't not for the whole thing. Not to pull him away from the planet either. Well, not necessarily. All they had to do was track him there. I don't think they needed Luke. They, I think Leia added a little bit of different dynamics a to A little the story. motivation. You know, and as far as, you know, kind of getting that kid element in there, even though yes, I agree with you. There were certain times I did not relate to that character at all. But I thought it was an important element, whereas Luke, and I think that kind of gave me more plot holes with like her, like uh, Uncle Ben and um, and I can't remember, you know, them having to kind of stand Peru. off, you know, isn't it Brew Peru? It's Owen, Uncle Owen, Owen I'm sorry. and Amp, Amp, whatever. Yeah, you went Uncle Ben. I, was like, I did. No, Spider Man, Rice, or no, that was <laughs> oh, fuck. who knows. All right, yeah. Uh, names not good but <laughs> yes i mean i thought that was a little more weak because i'm like when did they all of a sudden like have this standoff and militant you know they're storing guns when stormtroopers just kind of obliterated them like, yeah you know that that seemed they're standing off against an inquisitor and then get burned to the bones by some shitty ass stormtroopers yeah that 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 seemed a little plot hole. that was that to me, was the weakest point, mm. but that's the weakest point. Yeah. Well, <sighs> no, like I See, think I, that I, I that... like the actress, and I think maybe emotionally that kind of tied me in a little bit more, and I kind of let other things go there. Mm. You know, like like you said, you know, you didn't like that they couldn't believe it, but like I said, I've lost kids in the mall, and I I'm I'm not a parent. Yeah, but you lost sight of them for a second, and they disappeared. It wasn't like you were right behind them. Trying to snatch them and they were just right out of your yeah, reach. Yeah, but like if that happened today, and and it's like my like I had a younger niece or nephew that was being a shit, and even though if I'd want to grab them by the you know their shirt and say, "Come here, you little shit!" Mm-hmm. How many motherfuckers have cameras on them that are gonna then? That doesn't matter where oh, they were yeah, chasing. No, 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 no. They were chasing I, her through the woods, bro. Right. Uh, like, you, I I agree with Cluffy on this. There's one. not somebody like, like oh, oh, you're being mean to that little yeah, girl. Yeah, you think those two guys were thinking about that? <laughs> yeah. No. In that world, in that time, no. But in this no, world, dude. I Come concede on. your point. They're sir. kidnapping a child. I don't think they care <laughs> yeah, they if they kidnapping. grab her, grab her a little roughly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even actually thought about that scene until you brought it up. Fuck though. that scene and the one where they had to go around the gate and he's like trying to turn it off and you could just go around the left side of it. That was just bad CGI and. Well, well you could at least lot. put the thing, make the thing like a part of the hill, not like have a gap where you can just walk around it. And then he's like worried about being able to shut it off when it's like two feet tall. You could just jump over it. You're a fucking Jedi, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, there's I've been definitely... drinking too much of this damn. We got half of this bottle of whiskey down. I'm proud of us. Yeah. You can tell I'm messing up names even more. I'm just going to stare at Ted for the rest of the episode. That's whatever, man. <laughs> I'm used to it. If I, had some, I wish I had some romantic music to play. For so you. anyway, like we said, six, six out of ten. No, I from, give it a seven. You give it a seven? Yeah, Bill gave it seven, seven and a half. You seven. gave it a six to I, a seven. I gave it because... a six just because it fucking annoyed me that I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. That's yeah. just my pissed right. off attitude, yep. though. But 
at the end of the day, man, like I said, like a six or a seven from a hardcore Star Wars fan is a win for it's Disney. Good enough. Yep. You, so the question is, will you watch the next one? Well, uh, well that's that's all Disney needs to know. How long is that exactly. going to How long is that going to happen though? To the next one, Andor? No, until I finally go. Oh, so I'm over this. Fuck. That's I don't foresee that ever happening. It's like we talked about in that episode. Like, uh, if, if all of them were on par with this one, like the same quality, like the same six to seven for uh, you for Star Wars, enough. you're still yeah, gonna watch I'll it. still watch. Yeah, yep. As long as the Disney. If it Plus gets prices. much worse, if it gets much worse though, I'm gonna start questioning. Just like I'm starting to question the MCU, I don't want to because I have faith. Yeah, but I'm still gonna watch them. Yeah, how? I guess guys like us are going to watch till we die. Right. And it's like, gonna take that's, some, that's yeah. a decent part of the more hardcore audience, I would think. It's going to be pretty similar. Yeah. And then that lets them completely focus on pulling on pulling in new people. So like it's as long as we keep letting it happen, which we're going to. Yeah. It's going to keep happening. Letting it. Ha- how do you so, s- stop? I mean. Well, that's the thing is like even if we stop watching it. It's not going like to matter. The mainstream audience is still going to. Yeah. So, so I'd like to, to wrap it up with the quote from P.T. Barnum. I don't care what you say about me, just spell my name right. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if all the fanboys fucking hate it, as long as they're talking about it. Just make sure they know who I am. Still making them money, still making them pro- pub. That's kind of the press. same thoughts as like, there's no such thing as bad press. That's, it. that's where it comes from. That's, that's it's, uh, it. As long as people are paying attention, you're doing well, just like Ted was saying. A seven's pretty damn good and good enough to move forward with. Yep. So keep doing it. On that note, buddy, we appreciate you coming in again. Uh, You're my best friend. We've been drinking and I'm going to cry now. I know. I know how this goes. (laughs) Fuck off. Thanks for having me, man. (laughs) Uh, uh, You got to come on and do some of the Dragon Ease balls. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. Sweet. Ted ain't shitty. Don't have any Instagram or none of that shit. Fuck that guy. So nope. this has been the Comic Zone. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Hit thecomiczone.com. That website is getting huge, bro. I've been I was looking at it this weekend. Our website's the shit. So check it out. Thanks for listening. This has been the Comic Zone. Peace.